Hockey Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club, hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. My name is Alex, and I'm joined by my co-host, James, as always. Hello, everybody. We are also joined by our esteemed guest, Ryan Williams. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. The pleasure is all mine. As I say, it, it better be. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was, especially after seeing Blackpool go up 3-0. That was great. <laughs> right. So today, the topic of conversation is going to be the Everton versus Blackpool match, our first preseason match um, of the upcoming season. But first things first, we'd like to mention our Discord server. Shout out to Ethan Zander, otherwise known as the Penny Blue on socials. He has become our first ever Discord server moderator he's making a ton of really great changes to the discord including adding a bunch of different functionality with bots so check out our discord server join it if you haven't already link is in the description so gentlemen without further ado let's kick things off by talking about how we thought what we thought about the new hummel kits debuted today in full blue brian how about you share your opinion first i like them i like them they look nice man i'm looking forward to seeing the yellows too but yeah i thought they looked slick yeah, the kids, kids look great. They, the, the blue really pops, I think, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can say, but I think it's a really sharp looking kid. I think Hummel have done an outstanding job and I should be getting my kit actually later today. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it looks on my, uh, svelte figure. You yeah. Know, and, and if you are interested, I, I asked James this already, but, um, hound him if you just want to know how the quality turns out. Cause I know that's been a big, that's been a big. Am, are you? Am I allowed to say hound you, James? Am I yes. allowed to say that? Harass right, yeah, the internet. Exactly, because I know, I know, like the the quality's been a big thing. So maybe if enough people message him, he'll uh he'll post his his personal review of the product. Yeah, I think I might do a, a ten minute video review going through every single feature of the kit, every little stitch, no stone left unturned. That'll so probably today, be a popular episode. I mean, I, I, I think for <laughs> sure. Like, you know, I know that's what people want to do. This looks cool. This looks nice. I like this. I don't like this. <laughs> Ooh, look Riveting at this stuff. This is content. Yeah. This is what the content yes. grind is like, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to talk about the inseam, but nonetheless. So let's kick things off talking about our preseason match today. And folks, if, if you'd like to, close your eyes and imagine this. I'm going to take you on a journey. It's 10 a.m. Eastern time. I'm fumbling on EvertonFC.com. I turned on tweet notifications for Everton yesterday because I want to know a new signing's coming. And before I could get in, it's 3-0 Blackpool in like the 11th minute. And I'm pretty sure my heart stopped at, at that moment. Well, the only good thing is that you weren't on the West Coast. <laughs> that's true. That's there true. You go. I was mad about waking up at 10 a.m. today. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was definitely not the best start. Uh, we looked totally disorganized. The back line, it looked like they had never played together. And well, sure enough, they had. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a weirdly, it was just such a disjointed back line. Um, you know, I mean, three nil inside ten minutes. Full disclosure, I have I was sort of out on the town last night, hanging out with some buddies, getting into some some mischief. So I'm a little bit tomfoolery. Tom uh, you know, being a ne'er do well, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. And it looked like, you know, practically, I had joined the back line because it was just so <laughs> slow out of the gate and Blackpool. I mean, I don't know the last time we've conceded three that quickly. It was, it was uh, in, in to your point, Alex, like Everson FC. So I, I finally got my official membership today. Like I, I 
Yay. made the purchase Woo-hoo. and yeah. I was scrambling to get the stream going and there was like a delay once you purchased it for it to actually right. register on your account right. and I know a lot of people were reporting that and so I did miss like the first the first goal and I was like how are we already down one nil and before you know it it's three nil and I'm just like why am I watching this they even had some other chances too uh, there was clearly some issues in the back line. But I think it's worth mentioning just a couple things about the setup and the initial lineup. I mean, we started out, it, it really looked like a 4-3-3 to me. Uh, I think that was pretty much what it was. They pressured a lot, which I thought was really interesting because, and probably a good test in a way. Um, it's worth mentioning, Blackpool's already played three matches too. So I, I'm not excusing Everton for not being able to whoop on the League One side. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it is, there is some merit to the fact that they're they're ready to go and ready to play. I think they have a Caribou Cup, Cup match like within a week or something. But yeah, it was strange. So you saw Gordon kind of more almost on the one side kind of central, which is a little bit strange, uh, almost on the left side supporting Awobi. And then John Joe Wright and Jared Brantwaith, uh at left center. And yeah, I mean, it was obvious that John Joe didn't look, I mean, he looked hesitant. You know, there were several times where just passing players along a bath line the way they're supposed to operate we weren't communicating we weren't quick on it and Brantwaite looked a little bit out of sorts and Holgate just gave him the ball a couple times so I know everyone thinks he's our best ball playing center back and the greatest thing since sliced bread and while he definitely has some ability to play the ball he's still inconsistent at times and it's early and you could see it and then Sigurdsson was kind of playing deeper almost like a six at times and I just don't see any place, any possible way in the world that he's going to be able to get away with some of the crap that he was doing at the Premier League level. He's so slow on the ball. He just doesn't move it quickly. And I know it's preseason, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, we never really fully broke through the pressure. So um, right. I don't know what your impression was too. I also didn't like the fact that Moise Keen was on the right in a 4-3-3 uh, again, although he looked okay. But I mean, if you never really get a ball up top, it's really hard to kind of. Kind of judge those guys, although I will say, I thought my boy Alex Awobi played a decent game and looked like he was in command when he had it. I don't know. Alex, what were your thoughts? I feel pretty much the same way. And and just as an aside, in terms of the lineup and all the changes that we'll talk about in individual performances, we did not see uh, Gomez, Delph, or Mina all out with, uh, I read at least for Delph that he's being, quote unquote, eased back in. And then Gomez had a slight knock. I personally did not see uh, the Mina news if there was any in terms of why he was out. So that does explain why we wake up to see Tom Davies and, and Gilfie Sigurdsson starting in the midfield once again, which was not fantastic. But it was interesting, the right-hand side with John Joe and Moyes Keane, because I'm a proponent of finding a spot for Moyes Keane that might not be a striker if that means he gets more minutes, especially if that means that's like his best way to get more minutes. However, I don't know the right-hand side is his is his best spot. But when he did get the ball, which was very, very... Well, which was almost unheard of in the first half, it felt like. I mean, he, he, he dribbles down, plays pretty direct, and then whizzes the nicest low ball immediately in front of the goal in which Dominic Calvert-Lewin could have gone in front of. And you wonder, you know, someone like that, where, where we're just missing, where we're not creating chances in the last year or so enough, you wonder, you know, does he deserve uh, more minutes? Where could we find a spot for him? At Juventus, he never really played on the right. Uh, it was mostly... Four four two, you know, one of the two strikers. May have they thrown him on the left? Right. He only, even with Italy, it was mostly on the left. I feel like he may have played right a couple times, like in the U twenty ones when he was younger. But I have to admit, you know, if eventually he Carlo wants to play kind of that asymmetrical kind of four four two, or at least pushing one side up higher than the other, 
depending on who we may opt for it right back if if it's not John Joe. I mean, Walcott was playing that role fairly well. Do we think Walcott's better than Moise Keen? I sure don't. Um, but it's it's just tough to judge some of these guys. They're all so imperfect. I like Moise a lot. I'd rather have him be center forward. But then you have a guy like Theo Walcott. He creates a lot of opportunities. He runs in behind. But God, the quality on the ball is just not there. I mean, he should have scored today again. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess it's a way to get him on the field. We'd like to get him on the field, but, um, that's going to take yet again some time for him to transition into that role. It just, it didn't look that, that natural. But yeah, when he runs to the ball, it looks dangerous. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of players who, who just didn't look all too comfortable. And it's interesting because, like, although we're returning from a quote unquote summer break, the break that was, obviously forced by COVID was far, far longer than the actual vacation that they got. So these players should be relatively close to full match fitness. I understand there might be some malaise or a little bit of a post vacation depression going around the squad, which might've, you know, excused some of the early, earlier performances. But I think as the game wore on, you know, we started to definitely assert our quality throughout. I mean, certain players really, really struggled. I thought, I thought, like you said, Ryan, Alex will played fairly well. John Joe Kenny just looks like he's, you know, been in Germany for a full season doesn't look like he's totally in tune with the rest of his teammates. Um, whether he factors into the long-term picture, it's still kind of, I think, I, I still think a lot of these players are in the shop window more than they're actually in the squad. But uh, Gilfie Sigerson was one. I mean, he did obviously score two goals, but rather than talk specifics, just a, a zoomed out view of it. I mean, we conceded three from very, very early and got back in the game through a free kick and a, and a, maybe it was a frankly a soft penalty in my opinion. So you don't want to read too much into results this early on, but it was interesting to see Yannick Balassi return to the side. Yeah, it was very interesting. I mean, to be honest, Balassi, like you couldn't wipe the smile off his face. If you tried, he looked really happy to be there. He looked like he was kind of just cheering on his teammates when they had, when they had a, a positive moment, especially the Gilfie Sigurdsson free kick. I thought he looked decently progressive, simply the fact that he's a player that is willing to drive the ball forward in some form or fashion. I saw him uh, once or twice look for a decent switch across to Walcott, for example. So I think Balassi, in terms of what we could have expected him to do for the first time in blue in God knows how long, I think he did probably very good. I think there's no question, though, no matter how you slice it. I mean, we scored three times off set pieces. I will say this, though. You know, a couple of standouts for me, Gibson, Niels, I, I thought was pretty good. Nakunku, uh, I mean, he's exactly how we described him, by the way, on the podcast when we're yeah. talking about him. Like, he is yep. 100% direct, but he's totally both-footed. I mean, that ball he played over the top was right-footed. So good. I mean, it was, it was a great ball, right? But you see, he's just front forward. Yeah, he lacks a little bit of defensive awareness, but I mean, his initiative was wonderful against some of those sides that aren't that good. It, it was kind of nice to see. I thought Gibson was great on the ball. He made the right yep. decisions with it. I, I felt comfortable when he had it. And he was in there again with the group when Mo Besic came back in and was playing more that six. Yeah, Mo Besic, you know, it's mm. it, just like Balassi. It's exactly the player you remember. You know, he'll have these brilliant moments of quality. And you'll still ask, why on earth did he even try and make that play? You know what I mean? And then he'll give up the ball and basically give them, you know, an odd man break and just the worst place on the pitch you could possibly imagine that like something that I would get mad at my 10 year old for and actually did get mad at him today for doing that exact <laughs> thing this morning. Um, yeah. I mean, like, dude, you're, you're, a, you're a, my, my for full disclosure, my 10 year old's more of a striker. So he was, he's uh, the one team he's playing with on Fridays and on the weekends. 
had him playing as like a defensive mid, like in a similar oh. role. Maybe. Oh, he has no idea what he's doing. So, and he loves to dribble the ball. So he was playing pretty well with it, but at the end, I think he got bored. So he just started trying to dribble by people. So yeah, it's just sometimes Mo Besic just does stuff and you're like, you, you, what are you thinking? Like just no one would even try that, you know? So he is what he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was impressed with a couple of the young guys for sure. You know, didn't get much of a chance to see Sims do a whole lot. But I mean, look, the bottom line is guys, we're at where we were. You know, if you're going to put Gomes, Delph, and Mina all out, and those three, we talked about this in our kind of season review. Those three guys were the best three players under pressure, making passes under pressure and dealing with it. Gomes did not have the best year, but in the past, he's been very good with someone on his back. They're all out. And you could tell we just could not break through their pressure very easily. Eventually, we would do it and create a couple chances. We just need a new midfield, you know, or everyone to be healthy. But I'll tell you what, though. You can see what would happen if you put an Allen in there and a Decore yes. in there. And do we want to talk about the spelling of, of Decore now or do we want to hit that later? I um, think it's time for you to hop up on the soapbox, Ryan. I really want you to passionately tell us how you feel about the spellings. Maybe share some if you'd like. Well, first of all, um, he, he's not a strawberry frozen beverage. Okay. It's not <laughs> anywhere near that. Okay. I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> I, do, I mean, uh, he's not. It's Decore. Daiquiri. And there's. Right. That's I, you got it, kidding? James. That's the <laughs> joke, guys. Someone called him Doka Kore. Doka? What the Doka? Da curry. What are they talking about? Da, curry, yeah. Da curry. Yo, I went down to the Indian place to get da curry. I mean, yeah. what are you doing here, guys? It'd be one thing if this was like some guy in the fourth division of France where, you know, his French name, maybe we're not that familiar with it. But dude, he's been in the PL for like four years, man. How do we not know? We should know him because he crushes us every time we play Watford. Are you kidding me? Just, just attempt. Just It's okay. People misspell things every now and then. But how do you miss like four or five letters in a guy's last name who has been a fairly prominent member of the Premier League for, and we've been linked to him in the past. We were linked to him all last summer. Are you kidding me? Anyway, we, uh, everyone reply, everyone tweet Ryan, uh, and please no one spell the name correctly. Everyone. No, I will, I will hunt up. you down. I will hunt Literally. you down. Literally. Just get him yeah, all James rattled, been, get him worked up. James is in bad shape, uh, because he had a bout with tequila last night. I, for full disclosure, <laughs> <laughs> I had nose surgery, uh, on Wednesday. So I'm not exactly feeling okie dokie either. So let's not do that. That would be, let's not set Ryan off today. <laughs> Go easy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but, but man, anyway, man. I mean, that, that, so like if I were to think of final thoughts and maybe man of the match, yeah, I think the final thoughts are, I mean, wow. A midfield engine that could play at the high level. Uh, and we had a lot of guys out that could play at the high level of some of the other guys. It, it would be a game changer. Uh, I still am concerned about right back big time. My man of the match was, um, you know, what? I'm going to do this just to tick off people. I'm going to say Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And let me tell you why, because I'm going to make a point here. Now I'm going to make a point. This header was sweet. Um, he, he didn't necessarily make the best decisions with the ball. Um, he probably should have finished a few more chances. However, it asks the question, would you rather have the striker that can get to those balls and get in place and create more opportunities or the one that's the clinical finisher? In theory, in theory, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're good enough to create a higher volume of chances due to your athleticism, your runs, your whatnot, that's fine. I'll take it. Uh, I think we just need more volume in there. Now, do I really believe he was player of the match? No, but if I say Alex Awobi, everyone's going to tell me <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm the biggest Awobi homer ever. Uh, but that's why I, I want to beg that question to people because I feel like he's gotten a lot of stick recently. And I, I think it's worth noting that yes, he has stuff to work on at age 23, but he still gets there and creates some mismatches and puts pressure on defenses and gets himself in the box in dangerous spots. That's worth a lot, in my opinion. Anyway, what do you guys thought? Final thoughts, man of the match. So I will say my only gripe about Dominic Calvert-Lewin in this match was just his slow decision-making, right? Just waiting two seconds too long to make a pass, yeah. for example. Nope. You know, But completely fair points because you know that that is definitely... Um, he is definitely a player that Ryan could be your force multiplier TM. Oh God. Nonetheless, mm. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is my man of the match is going to be for different reasons. I only say that because it's a preseason match, right? I think that there are, we obviously aim to win a preseason match, but I think that there are other goals in mind. With that said, I, I, I want to say my man of the match would be in Kunku. And I only say that because the commentators were talking about, they heard inside Finch Farm that he was very much impressing in training since he came within the last, what, month or so. Carlo pulled him up. Now he starts the first preseason, or no, sorry, not starts. He comes in in the first preseason match. I saw really good physicality that you, you really harped on um, in one of the previous episodes, Ryan, which was good to see. Um, his defensive positioning, as you said, was shaky, but I really, really liked how he looked going forward. I thought he looks very positive. And in my opinion, that could be a space to watch in terms of our, our backup left back conundrum. I'm not hinting at anything and I'm not trying to be naive either. I'm just saying I, I find that to be very interesting for, for that position in the pitch. Yeah. It, it's good to know, obviously with Leighton Baines not there that there's potential at that position, whether he's obviously not the finished article, he's got a lot of room to develop and probably will not be a fixture in the first team squad this season. But I think that's a good shout, Alex. Like he, he did show it's our first glimpse of him really. Right. So it's nice to know that there's, he's not a complete dud at least on, on first impression. So I think that there's, there's a lot of potential there. He, he showed glimpses, obviously against Blackpool. It's hard to gauge the level. They, they certainly put it to us for, for stretches of the game. But for me, overall takeaways, I mean, it's the first match back. So I don't want to read too much into it. We had a bit of a revolving door lineup wise, a lot of changes, a lot of players coming in and yeah, out. We did. So, you know, it's, it, it can be hard for players to get a, a, fic, a foothold in the match and, and get into the swing of things. But, um, as far as a man of the match, I mean, I'll do what, what Ryan won't and go with Alex will be just because I think he, he did look like he was trying to piece things together, had a, had a fairly influ, influential moments, um, looks to be creative in ways that, that a lot of our current crop of players aren't, but just overall, it, it really, not much has changed, right? It's still the same squad. And, and to your points, Ryan, the, the themes remain present where we really do need to upgrade in the midfield area. And, and you can see like the potential if there's not, it's not a bad squad overall, but there's the lack of midfield really does make us look horrible <laughs> at times, yep. look absolutely yep. dire. And so with the rumored Allen deal potentially going through this week, I don't want to jinx anything, but I may just have done exactly that. Either I really way. think that this has a lot of potential in it. And I think Moise Keen, it'll be interesting to see if Carlo persists with the 4-3-3 throughout the rest of the preseason. And if that's kind of the long-term plan, because we really bizarrely have kind of recruited now for multiple different formations, of course, over the course of the last five years. And we have this kind of interesting squad where... Uh, 
Gilfie Sigurdsson sitting deep is just not going to ever, ever be the answer to any question that anyone's asking other than what's the way to probably get the worst out of him. So Carlo's probably going to continue to experiment. I'm looking forward to the rest of the preseason matches just to see how that sort of materializes, what else he tries. Players in, in interesting positions, seeing what they're capable of. And overall, uh, you know, you don't really don't want to make knee jerk reactions off the first preseason game, but I guess we're here doing just that. How crazy is it that none of us said Gilfie Sigurdsson because, and I know we need some sort of Icelandic stato, uh, maybe on, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. But, uh, how funny is that though? He set up the corner kick for the first goal, buried the penalty, although that was very interesting. I think Dom wanted to take it, created, you know, the, uh, scored the third goal off of set piece with a lovely free kick. Yet he wasn't the man of the match. It just goes to show that, look, we're past it. My my other concern, though, is to if we play a 4-3-3, even if we get the two midfielders, does that mean Carlo puts Gilfie in that 10 role? I, I just don't see him. Maybe he's smart enough. Maybe he could be okay in that role. But I just, I don't know. Very interesting. Anyway. Um, and the yeah, ca- but- he got the captain's armband, too. So I think it's, it's not... I think it, we have to... Right, there were never, never really any legit rumors he'd be sold, but I think deep down we always thought that maybe this would be the time where we might be able to recoup some of the exorbitant fee that we splashed on him in the first place. But we do sort of have to look at the reality that he is going to most likely be an Everton player and probably feature quite heavily. So how is Carlo going to utilize him? Unless he's in the window and that helped. Who knows? You know? Anyway, um, so I think. In terms of the transfer rumor mill, we hit almost everything last episode. Um, I think the one thing that has come out that Paul Joyce kind of sent out, and we're going to rely on Paul Joyce to be pretty accurate most of the time, is the rumor discussion of a Michael Keane contract extension, with I, which I personally find fascinating because he's got two years. I don't know what that would look like, what that even means, if it's maybe one year extension or something. I, I guess there's some logic there, but... I find it a bit baffling because it just seems like, and he was not great today, although he did short the back line a little bit when he came in. His passing just wasn't great. He just, he just doesn't seem like someone that can play higher. So I, I think a limited guy like that, I, I know he's English and maybe that will help with homegrown numbers, although I don't think that's an issue. I just, I question the decision. You know, I just don't know if that makes any sense any more so than just selling him this summer or selling him now if you can get a replacement. I don't know. I'm interested. James, what are your thoughts on that? And then to Alex, we can wrap her up. It is, uh, you know, it'd be hard to argue against Michael Keane as the probably most consistent player for Everton's post COVID restart at that towards the end, you know, end of the season. But you're right, Ryan, and, and his flaws are well documented and well have been frequently discussed by us. He just isn't really capable of playing in an expansive role. He really is kind of just your bread and butter, good in the air, effective with a very deep back line, but. Uh, we we talked about him as a player where he would probably have pretty high resale value. It's it's interesting. Maybe the the plan is to hold on to him for another season. We'll need the depth at center back. He does provide an, a different option, and we know that Yerry Mina isn't consistently fit. What the terms of the contract are will kind of dictate exactly how I feel about it. I I surely hope that we're not going to splash another five year deal for him, but. Maybe a one or two year extension, look to get through this season with him and then look to sell him in the summer if he's able to perform. But this one came kind of out of left field. I really didn't expect to hear Michael Keane contract news. 
Gentlemen, I mean, I, I think there's one pretty simple answer. I, did we see that Ronald Koeman went to Barcelona and there were there were some very intense links that, that Ronald Koeman was looking to sign up Michael Keane mm-hmm. at Barcelona? So possibly that maybe the club decided they would spite him. I'm not sure. That was the, the funniest about. rumor that I've perhaps seen ever, that Ronald Koeman is demanding that, that the Barcelona board sign Michael Keane. Get you heard of Tiki Taka? Absurd. <laughs> yes, that's who I think of, you know, when I think of all the greats back in the day that have played throughout Barcelona in the back. Ronald Koeman <laughs> himself, you know, that's who I think of. Mr. Free Kick, I think of Michael Keane. Um, here's what I here's what I will say though. The the formation today was interesting, and, and I promise this will relate to Michael Keane in the end. <laughs> Somehow we will get there. Uh, nonetheless, it was interesting. Carlos stuck with a 4-4-2 last season, right? We know that the 4-4-2 is renowned in general as one of the be- better defensive shapes, right? And that was definitely something that we needed in the past couple of years. Today, we did play a 4-3-3, but we know that in, in, in offense and defense or in and out of possession, a lot of times formations look different. I found it interesting that a lot of times we did still look very compact and correct me if I'm wrong, more so like a 4-5-1 almost out of possession sometimes with that if that's something that we look forward or we're going to move forward with in terms of the shape and 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 how we play out of possession it could make sense that michael keen could slot in and do well kind of like he did in project restart so just as a just as a counterpoint or or a counter thought to that um it, it could make sense it could a little bit well, I mean, if you're up and you want to pack it in, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess. I, I still, though, you know what I mean? Like, it just... I, I don't think he should be our starting center back. Don't well, get me no, wrong. No, I mean, absolutely not. Uh, not to mention, I also don't think, and we saw it today, that Jared Brantwith is ready for that, and we said that already. But again, it also goes to show you, though, the counter against that is, yeah, he looked great sitting deep. So did Jared. Because they didn't really have to do much other than go forward. Um, Brantwith is still young and very talented. I think he's going to be a fantastic player, and and it's just going to take him some time, but it just goes to show you that tactically you can play certain ways to make certain people look maybe better than, than they really are. But it really truly takes a talent to play up higher and player in space. And, and if that's really what Carlo wants to push for, and that's what we expect, I'm just, I'm surprised that he would give the AOK that, Hey, you know, let's extend him. It's, I, I find it mind boggling, but you're right, Alex. I mean, he's not, he's not useless. He, he's not a bad center back. He just, he has a role. He can come in. My concern is if any one of the top two get hurt and mean is gonna, he's, I think the injury prone thing is a little bit overblown for a guy who played 31 times last year in the league. But look, I mean, he takes the brunt of all the physicality when he's playing, you know, all the head balls go to him. You know, he's always all over whoever the big guy is in the other team. He gets abused. You know, Mason Holgate doesn't have to do it. So, um, the concern is he goes down and then what, then what? I don't know. I mean, maybe it won't matter. Maybe you could even play deeper and play counter more. So, Kind of like you saw Carlo play a little bit against Liverpool uh, with Napoli and still be very effective if we have the right personnel. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, today was, yes, a very, a very bad showing in the beginning, but it kind of turned around a little bit and we're missing a lot of guys. So I, I don't think it's worth overreacting on it. And uh, let's hope that next pod we, ha- we can uh, talk about a new signing or two. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? That would be lovely, and it would also be lovely uh, to see them in action in the next preseason match, too. So it'll be interesting to see how things shape up in the coming couple of weeks prior to the season starting. Totally agree. Looking forward to the rumor mill continuing to churn out ridiculous Michael Keane to Barcelona-esque rumors for the remainder of the window. We also, just a couple other 
as we wrap things up here, we did uh, Morgan Feeney signed for Sunderland. I thought that was interesting. Andy Robinson, as a follow-up, did eventually sign with Fulham. So the return of the Jedi will not be taking place at Goodison Park. I did want to circle back on that outstanding joke from last time that everyone loved and adored. <laughs> everyone? I got unanimous positive feedback on that one, <laughs> folks. Loved it. Ate it up. On that note, folks, we're going to wrap this up. Appreciate you all for listening. Again, join our Discord. It is revamped and it is, uh, frankly, a gigantic upgrade to what we had before. Some really good discussion going on there, as always. Follow us on social media, all that good stuff. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know what you thought about Everton's 3-3 draw. And until next time, up the toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Come join our Discord community at invite.gg/atp and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod.